God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, we have a lot to cover today. A lot of clips. I have a lot of audio clips that I built over the weekend. Didn't have time to play them all uh, in the yesterday's show. Um, but I wanted to share them with you because we wanted to talk about them. And the more and more I uh, peel this onion the more and more I come up with the obvious that the Scott Adams show has been talking about for the last several years, and that is that we are at war. I'd say, you know, that we were under attack, under siege, uh, during the Obama administration. And Trump was a wrinkle in their plans. And the attack that they did against Trump with the Russian hoax New information is getting exposed about that, and we're talking about now this secret folder, right? This, the red folder, and all these things that are related to uh, tradecraft, where the CIA and our Five Eyes partners were spying on Americans, namely Donald Trump, and all of the people in his ecosystem. You know, George Papadopoulos and and uh, a whole bunch of others. And so they were under attack, and it's the deep state. It's not just the Democrats that are doing this. It's the Republicans, too. Because these people, the reason why we never really advance anything but the national debt is because the money's being stolen. You know, like any business, you have money coming in. And then you pay the bills and then you have whatever's left over building, you know, what we would like to call a nest egg. And, you know, if you can do the right thing, do it, do the same thing over and over and say you get a certain percentage uh, of a nest egg every year you have a profit. After 10 years, that profit becomes a big, huge number, Right. You know, say you, you profit uh, 
$100,000 a year is your net profit. After all the expenses are paid and all the all the receipts are taken in, you have $100,000 left in the bank. After 10 years, what is that? That's a million, right? You invest it properly, you're going to get more than that. Add another 4 or 5%. That's how you run a business. That's not how they're running the government. That's my point. My point is, is that somehow somebody's stealing from the cookie jar. Somebody's getting their crummy little paws into things and causing all kinds of problems. Our government is too bloated. That's number one. That happened under Obama. But Cloward and Piven style, Saul Alinsky style, they turned it inside into itself. They weaponized the government. They weaponized that government. That's what they did. Trying to indoctrinate your kids to the Department of Education in, in, in alliance with the uh, teachers union. Trying to rig elections uh, in alliance with the U.S. Postal Service Union. With mail-in ballots. You know, in uh, financing gain-of-function research to inject a bioweapon into the world for depopulation purposes. The same people that were endorsing the vaccine are exactly the same people that want to reduce the world's population. Scratch your head on that one. I mean, what, what the heck is that about? Why would you take their poison? The same person that says we want to reduce the world's population because people are bad for the environment. It's not just that you fart and you breathe. It's that you also eat meat, and you're bad for doing that too. You shouldn't eat meat. And you drive a car. Shame on you. And that car takes gas. We're going to ban that car and ban that gas. We're going to regulate your electricity. We're going to regulate your dishwasher and washer and dryer and all the things that you worked for. We're going to regulate your behavior. We're going to control your speech. We're going to punish you. If you say something out of line on social media and deplatform you and cost you your life savings and impact your your uh, ability to be an influencer, we're going to crush you. And if that doesn't work, we're going to actually uh, pick winners and losers. We're going to actually give money to illegals who are stimulate the economy. But it'll come out of your pocket. You're going to pay for it. Our ideas. You are going to pay for our ideas, which causes inflation. So that you are then going to pay taxes higher next year than this year because you're, you're paying for my stupid ideas that are artificially stimulating the economy by printing cash at a time when we have serious, serious countries like Russia and China, that are eating our lunch, building bigger militaries, bigger economies, and they're building a new currency backed by gold, something that we should have never left in 72. That was one of the bad things Nixon did. So it's, it's right here in front of us. We're at war, and we don't even know it. 
That is a scary proposition right there, folks. We're at war and we don't even know it. Oh, I didn't know we were fighting yet. Did the bell ring? <laughs> Oops, that's why I got a black eye. That's why I wasn't. I didn't have my guard up. No, we're at war. And this election is all about war. Because everybody knows that when Trump gets in, he's going to put a wrecking ball to the global agenda. That's just it. He's also going to reestablish uh, and challenge the Supreme Court to do the right thing. We're not bringing the right cases before the Supreme Court. We're not bringing the right cases. But we got to get a uh, we got to get something in place that says it's you know there's too much election fraud. If fraud can be. Uh, if fraud in our legislature, and our politicians are too political, they're not going to help you. They're going to follow the money. Whoever's going to pay them to push the fraud agenda, that's who's going to prevail. Whoever has the deepest pockets is going to get win the fraud case. But it's always going to be fraud. It's your fraud or my fraud. Which fraud are you going to take? Which fraud can I is going to be sold? But it, nevertheless, at the end of the day, it's still going to be fraud until the people get what they really, truly deserve, which is free and fair elections. And I think that at some point, we need to actually get a day off on election day, make it one day, because, hey, when you know the results of a, a, it, it's always been that. The media was not allowed to report the results of, until all the polls closed. It's always been that way. But now things are leaking out everywhere. People know uh, not to show up or not to bother. Their vote doesn't count. You got the ballot harvesters. You got so many reports now of what I've been saying all along. The biggest problem is that people, ballots are being picked up and dropped off in a box and counted. And... People don't even know that they voted. They don't even know that they voted. That's why every single person should go online and see whether they voted this year. If they didn't vote, if they did not vote, go online and see if you voted. If you voted and you know you didn't vote, then you know something's a, a problem, right? Everybody needs to take it upon themselves to, to be vi- vigilant during what we now can call a war. We're at war with our own government. That our government is waged a coup against our own country. Our own government has waged a coup against our own country. Because we the people is America. And they're waging a war against we the people. The country belongs to us according to the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and our Republic, and how it's been formed. We should have the power, and we no longer do. The government gets the highest salaries, and they hoard all the, all the GDP. They hoard it. And that's not fair. We're doing all the work, and they're spending it. That's not fair. Well, let's take a listen to this. We have a bunch of different sound bites, and we're going to talk about them and uh, kick.
kick them around, kick them around a little bit, because we folks, we're at war, and we don't even know it, and we need to stand up and fight back, and we need to realize, we need to yell it to the rooftops. You know, one thing I loved seeing it was in Greece, maybe, but everywhere in the world now, farmers. I think farmers were going to go down to the Texas and uh, our truckers were and try to block the people from coming in. But, you know, um, these farmers that are protesting and blocking off city arteries, you know, like uh, big, big lanes going into the city to shut down commerce. I mean, that's really what it's about. A lot of people think these farmers are just trying to show their presence. No, there's a st- strategy to that where these farmers are blocking roads. And people, uh, deliveries, and you know, can't get through. And I think that their cause is a lot better than the stupid climate uh, zealots, because climate is a scam. It's a regulatory scam. These people that are uh, standing in the way of cars that are in the name of climate are fascists. They're fascists because they like bigger st- centralized government. They want government to uh, create equity. They want equity because they don't want to do anything. They don't want to work. And so they end up getting the same salary as everybody else who's, who could be working. But if there's no incentive to work and you're still going to get a stipend, then why why in the world would you work? I mean, I, I think work is good. You know, if you enjoy what you do, then do it. But we have a problem with equity. You know, even communist China, you know, has people working, but not at fair wages. But Russia is more more democratic in a lot of ways than any of the Western nations at this point. There's been some sort of a shift. It happened overnight. It happened dramatically, inspired by the former Nazis, uh, uh, the Nazi family uh, called the Schwabs, Klaus Schwab. And his daughter, and he was the son of a Nazi, and they're pushing a Nazi agenda and uh, through the World Economic Forum, and it's a it's a it's a war against governments that that uh, care that you at one point cared about their people. They cared about winning over your hearts and minds so that they could get your vote. It was a beautiful system built on a capitalist style of government where, you know, the best performers win. You know, the people that win over their customers get the votes, right? Capitalism. You build a better widget, right? But no longer do they have to do that if they're just chasing ballots by hook or by crook. All right, check this out. So Big Pharma TV ads designed to buy off media. Who paid for those Big Pharma uh, um, coffers? You did through COVID, right? So we have the CIA and the State Department and USAID financing gain-of-function research offshore because we're not we, we're banned on doing it onshore. And then we release a bioweapon to the world and uh, if you if you listen to Fannie Willis's uh, uh, father, he seems to know that uh, that started in 2019. Yeah, Fannie Willis's father testified, right? 
<laughs> he know he knew they knew in nineteen. I travel all over the world, he said. He said, I knew in two thousand nineteen that COVID nineteen was coming out. It was going around the world. I knew it was here. That's what he said. He was lying. Fanny Willis and the Willis clan lie. But that's a whole nother story for another day. That's uh the Fulton County mischief that's going on there, trying to uh ruin a a great man in Donald Trump, right? But in any case, the big farmer benefited from the COVID, and the COVID was a bioweapon to depopulate and to rig elections. I mean, that's that's ultimately what happened. Whether they set that out, set out to do, they did have that event, two hundred one event, right, in New York, funded by the Gates Foundation. So I don't know. You tell me. They had that in like October, November, December, uh, October, November, two thousand nineteen. The event two hundred one. And um, in any case, they were talking about how to roll this out. And then there were some mysterious patents on exactly the kind of vaccine that you would use to do whatever with those drugs because they didn't work. Those drugs, everybody lied about them, said they were going to be effective, and they weren't. So here we are at war with globalism. Let's take a listen to uh, Big Pharma, who's controlling the narrative of media in your, your local news by buying TV ads that aren't even designed for you. They're just designed to pay off and influence the narrative that's being told by the media. They're not offering us. It's not a public service announcement. They're not do, trying to help you. They're not trying to even sell to you. But they took all of your money and part of that they spent on ad dollars to control the media narrative that makes them more money. You guessed it. Tucker Carlson recently spoke with a whistleblower, Kaylee Means, an insider with Big Pharma, everyone's favorite big business that advertises everywhere. And he claimed something very, very interesting. He claimed that the advertisements from pharmaceutical companies on TV news networks, he is saying these are not to actually advertise to the audience. More so, right? Rather than advertise to the audiences, they're meant to act as ways of buying off the news outlets. (laughs) Buying off the news outlets. Yep. Just like BlackRock buys off, you know, to like their eight to 15% sharehold holdings in any one major corporation gives them the dominant voice in every corporation. And, you know, in the aggregate, nobody wants to mess with BlackRock. So Larry Fink ends up becoming the ruler of the world. But, you know, they have to use that money to pay off politicians and the politicians step up at Davos and and then there's a coordination between uh, government officials, new candidates that are being groomed to win elections, and then they're going to get financed to keep their posts heavily financed because they say and do, these politicians are like puppets, they say and do the right thing. Then they keep getting elected, like Justin Trudeau, and for how? 
you know? I mean, everybody hates this guy. I don't know anybody that likes him. And yet, somehow, he's winning elections. It's crazy. So, CIA's incriminating binder missing. Shocking reason Mar-a-Lago was raided. I, I think this is true. Let's take a listen. Breaking. New information emerges on the real reason Mar-a-Lago was raided and why the Biden DOJ wants to charge Trump over mishandling classified documents. Brand new details about how Obama's CIA targeted Trump and started the entire Russia hoax. For years, we were told that tips from an Australian diplomat tipped off the FBI after a random conversation with Papadopoulos, a no-name 20-something. But according to new reporting, the whole thing was a CIA setup. Former CIA director John Brennan identified 26 Trump associates to be targeted by the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance. And then those interactions were the targets and were targeted by the FBI as suspicious. And that's how the FBI launched the Russia collusion hoax. The details of this entire operation have been stored in a top secret binder in a secret room in Washington. Trump ordered the whole thing declassified. And now the rumor is that the binder might be missing. This is an extremely serious story and serious allegation by multiple credible sources that Public and Racket, that's Matt Tybee's uh, publication, have spoken to. These are people that are close to the House intelligence investigation of how the Russia collusion hoax began. The story, as you mentioned, was that, oh, we were just informed by foreign intelligence about this. Our sources tell us a very different story, which is that this was initiated by the U.S. government. It came from within the U.S. government's intelligence community, including the CIA, that they asked the so-called Five Eyes Nations intelligence agencies, that's the other English-speaking nations, including Britain and Australia, to spy on 26 Trump associates, or at least they had a list of the 26 associates that were identified. This is new information. Some people have theorized about this and speculated about it. Uh, we feel very confident that our sources were in a position to know and are very credible in this report. And it's obviously a very serious allegation because this is illegal spying and it's illegal election interference. Okay. What about this binder that encapsulates this whole thing and no one knows where it is right now or Trump has it? What's that? There has been widespread speculation that this binder was the was the reason or a reason for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. And this binder contains what we have been told that it contains, which may include raw intelligence, information showing that the U.S. government, the CIA and the intelligence community of the U.S. government, initiated the Russia collusion hoax, that it did not occur in the way that the official story, including the Durham investigation, had portrayed it, then that's extremely serious information. And it may be if the FBI then went to go get it in order to continue the cover up of this information, that obviously adds an even more dramatic wrinkle to this. Again, we'll have more to say about it tomorrow, but this is a huge, huge story. I mean, I can't I've been thinking about it in the history of the United States of America. Have we ever had something like this where the intelligence community was weaponized against a political candidate and weapon and using our foreign allies to do it, I, I can't think of a more important or dramatic story. Yeah. Well, that leave it to Barack Hussein Obama 
formerly known as Barry Satoro, to pull that off, right? That's what he did. And then Joe Biden, his sidekick, corrupt as hell, is, you know, doing the same crap. And uh, Hillary Clinton was just as evil. You know, you couldn't get more villain, villainous than Obama, Biden, which is just like a crummy crime family, right? Slimy. And then Clinton, conniving murderers, you know, the Clinton side, you know, Arkansas side, um, all these dead people that have surrounded the Clintons for the last five decades. I mean, since the 80s, four decades. Um, but these are people still in power because they have so much to cover up. And everywhere you turn, they show up in the worst of places like Epstein Island. And then you got the Obamas, Big Mike, and all the lies and deception. And their radical socialist ideas. It's no coincidence, really, that that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were both disciples of Saul Alinsky in Chicago. These are radical, radical people. And they have left no space for any other kind of uh, thinking uh, other than the globalist killer agenda the secret society, and the deep state that they are all involved with. You know, you're Robert Kennedy Jr. walking along and you want to maybe uh, follow in your family's footsteps. You have no chance. They don't even have a debate with you. There's nothing going on in the Democrat Party that has room for any kind of alternative thought. And so they, now they, they've weaponized lawfare to try to interfere in our elections. Every election, it's some sort of interference, whether it's the FBI or the CIA or the State Department or uh, two standards of justice or two standards of media bias. It's, it's everywhere. It's permeating everywhere. It's every aspect of our lives. Politics has really caused the Democrats to, you know, I think that they're entitled and spoiled and they've gotten away with things for so long and it was so easy for them to be cavalier. But then all of a sudden the truth started to come out with the advent of modern technology and people getting access to things. And they're starting to, you know, basically fight for their lives. They're, they're, it, the truth is an existential threat to the Democrats right now. And the truth is coming out. That's what's, so, that's, what's, that's what's at the core root of Twitter and X and Elon Musk. And they don't know what to do about it. But we're going to listen to Helena Haba. Uh, Alina Haba um, talk about uh, this Trump New York sham of an indictment which is going to, to be appealed. Let's take a listen. In terms of the 30-day deadline from Judge Angeron to pay this extraordinary fine that, jo- that uh, Jonathan Turley calls obscene, um, 
Is yeah. that the case? Does he really have 30 days to pay this fine? And if so, there are some reports that he will sell off almost all, if not all, of his New York assets. What can you tell us about that? No, I mean, I would never get into anything privileged, but I can tell you what the rules are. And within 30 days, even if we choose to appeal this, which we will, we have to post the bond, which is the full amount and some. Um, and uh, we will be prepared to do that. So is, but how much is the bond? Well, it dep- so it's you're, you have to break it up. So there were obviously individual defendants that got fined. There was the company that got fined. But you're looking at roughly, let's call it close to four hundred million dollars for something that he did nothing wrong. Look, it's no coincidence. And I'll say it. They know by looking at his statements of financial condition that this guy is worth a lot of money, billions and billions of billions of dollars. And that didn't even include his brand, Martha. But what they're trying to do between this case, between my last case, is put him out of business. It's not going to work, number one. Number two, what they're doing is a scare tactic. Unfortunately, they picked the wrong guy to pick on, in my opinion, because he's strong, he's resilient, and he happens to have a lot of cash. Now, that doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean it's okay. It's grotesquely insane. Uh, I was speaking to somebody today that actually mentioned that there are countries that literally make that in a given year in certain industries, countries in this world. But they would find somebody for what they call understating their statement of financial condition and making Deutsche Bank and Zurich, who, by the way, they still work with, money. But they're going to find him that kind of thing. It's absolutely insane. No, there will be no mayhem for the Trump organization, unfortunately. I know that probably was Miss James's goal and, and judging Gorin, but that is not going to be the case. There you heard it. Uh, we have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, yeah, uh, real quick, I'm listening to you this morning, and everything you say about we're at war, and I agree with you 100%. We've been at war. I've been saying it for a long, long time. You've been saying it. Here's the problem. I'm in South Dakota. I've been screaming it here. I talk to the politicians. I talk to the people. And they're in a red state, and they think they're actually safe here because they're in a red state. The problem is that when you look at them, you look at their face and you tell them this, they look at you and say, well, yeah, you know, I know, I know. But when you say you have to stand up, they don't stand up. That's the problem, too. They don't want to really, they're complacent. They think that, well, there's nothing I can do. Um, and the fact is, there's everything that you can do, but they don't do nothing because they think they're hopeless. And it's too much, and they're they're working, and they don't want to do anything. And uh, the problem with them is they are working. They are trying to survive. And not until they're starving, they're being shot at, or they're being taken 90% of their money, will they do anything. And the, the problem, problem with that is, is that's too late. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, It's too late then. And they just don't realize it. And that's what that's why we're in such a dilemma now. And I've been screaming at the top of my mind, saying, you have to, and the only people that can mobilize anybody, it seems to be Trump at his rallies. I try to roll these people, get them together. It's like, you know, it's like blowing smoke in the wind. They they just don't want to do anything. They just, uh, they agree with you. Uh, they say you're right, but they don't want to do anything. That's the problem. And the, again, the only person that I see that mobilizes anybody is, is Trump at the rallies. That's why he is the only do, one that can fix it. He is the only one. Absolutely. Nobody has absolutely this, whatever it is. I don't know what it is about Trump that is like, 
I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's it's. It's it's out of this out well, of this world. I mean, people are going to look back thirty, forty years from now at, at what's going on right here, right now, and they're going to say this was a really incredibly uh, unique period in American history. And that's why they fear him so much because they know that he's the only one that can rally the people and get we the people to do something because. He's the only leader that has shown the uh, the guts to to get the people rallied and get them to do something and change stuff. And right, there's a lot of people that have. When he did do it, there's a lot of people that have Trump's vision, but they don't have Trump's magnetism and his charisma and right. his ability to you know entertain a crowd. Like you know, yeah. to, to get all that in one package is very unique. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. that's why DeSantis was there. I mean, he's a good governor, but he didn't have that uh, that uh, charisma. He didn't yeah. have that the, the X factor to get the people rallied. The X factor. But Nikki Haley, <laughs> what a joke! Nah, she was up there yeah. crying uh, on at the podium uh, the other, uh, I think, yesterday, and talking about yeah. you know her uh, husband who she cheated on uh, twice, and uh, according to you know test- sworn testimony. Um, and then she uh, is beholden to um, the uh, globalist forces. She's being paid by Reed Hoffman, who funded E. Jean Carroll. You know, she's she's no different than a Gloria Alred tool. You know, she's just out there fronting uh, something to hurt Trump, and uh, she's only hurting herself. Though she she's she's down thirty yeah. points in her home state, and uh, she's going to get clobbered down there. She's, she's, she's delusional, absolutely yeah. delusional. All right, this hey, is what power gets to people. Go ahead. Thank you right. so much. For, thank anyway, you. yeah. Thank you Hang for calling in, in. All right, take care. All right, all right. bye-bye. Okay, well, wow. Um, all right, so we're going to go ahead and get back onto the groove. I just got to make sure I got things a little bit set up there. Um, all right, so we were listening to that uh uh drops uh, you know, the the title of what we just heard you mess with the wrong guy that was Alina Hava Trump's lawyer drops hammer on globalists in scathing rebuke was the title of that audio take a listen to this this is quite interesting the dangers of posting on social media now we've all experienced it as conservatives listen this is russia and comparing Russia to the G7 Western nations. In Russia last year, 400 people were arrested for things that they said on social media. 400 people in Russia. Obviously, this country is very different. How many people England, do you think were arrested in Britain for things they said on social media last year? Go on. Take a guess. I have no idea. 3,300. Really? Arrested for what they'd said on social media? Yeah. What sort of things get you arrested? Well, one example I give in my show is uh, there was a young woman from Liverpool uh, called Chelsea Russell, and people can look this up. Uh, her friend was killed in a car crash, a 19-year-old woman, and she posted the lyrics of his favorite song on her Instagram. And it was a rap song, so the lyrics contained several instances of the N-word. She was arrested, prosecuted, found guilty, given 500 hours of community service and a fine, tagged... And for a year, she was under 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. curfew. My goodness. <laughs> in Britain. In Britain. In 2018. 
Wow. Trump lawyer is that crazy? Is that crazy or what? Right? That's happening. This is that guy. I like this guy, Constantine uh, Kissin. Here he is with another one. Calls out the complacency of the West and the, the motives of Russia and China. Listen. People in Russia and China are not sitting around doing identity politics. As I said at the time, they're getting ready. And now you're starting to see the Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, talked only days ago about how the purpose of what they're doing in Ukraine is to push America out of Eastern Europe and it is to end the American global dominance in the world. That's what people want. And make no mistake about it. They're coming for what we have. And I've tried to make this point to people over and over and over again. We don't live in some magical rainbow-colored world in which everyone wants to live happily and, and trade and whatever. There are, there are a lot of people in the world who just want what we have, and they're coming. In Russia last year... Yeah, they're coming. They're coming. We have to be careful. This is kind of funny. You got this woke trans dude that somehow wants to be a woman, I think. And um, so Knowles, uh, Knowles is a guy... Uh, my, my, I think it's Michael Knowles. Um, in any case, I, I like um, Knowles. He's he's really good. So he's he's interviewing uh, this guy and stumps him. Listen. It's refreshing. Why are you asking the gay man as to what it means to be a woman? You should be asking women what it means to be a woman, especially trans women. So you're saying if you're not a woman, then you shouldn't have an opinion. Where does a guy get a right to say what a woman is? Women only know what women are. Are you a uh, cat? No. Can you tell me what a cat is? And the guy walks off with his tail between his legs, thinking he's a dog instead of a cat. No, I don't know. Um, it's just crazy. These people are so messed up, they don't even know how to articulate their own argument. They're just confused. So this guy is asking Vivek Ramaswamy. This is probably when Vivek was still a candidate, but nevertheless, I ran across it recently. And it the guy asked this brilliant question about the dollar and why we're not talking about this more this 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 dollar standard that's going away you know the the same st- dollar that we're using to sanction the heck out of russia and now that uh Naval, Naval, navalny uh is dead uh died in jail uh they're talking about more sanctions now against russia never mind the fact that this guy named lira was uh, murdered in Ukraine, and Ukraine has a bunch of Nazis. Um, no. So they're talking about more sanctions. It's like we just keep on bullying people using our currency to the point where no one's going to ever want to use our currency because it comes at too large of a price of obedience. Uh, if you step out of line, you're going to get sanctioned because you chose to use the dollar. So they're like, forget about that. You know, America shouldn't be the only one that has that luxury to have that tool of weapon, that weapon of tool tool of sanctioning, sanctioning using the dollar as, like a bully tactic. So people are like, I'll use something else. I'm going to use a different currency, one that doesn't come with strings attached, right? That's what's happening in the world, really. So you got the BRICS nations. Let's take a listen to this response. The question actually took about 37 seconds to ask. So I'm not even going to go to the question. I just framed that just now. But here's Vivek's answer. So 
BRICS refers to the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa alliance. That, among other things, is establishing a currency backed by gold, a gold standard, to replace the dollar as the reserve currency of the world. This is a major problem for the United States. This would permanently increase our borrowing costs if the dollar is no longer the established currency, the established reserve currency of the world, especially at a time where we're $34 trillion in national debt, which isn't a great time to increase your native borrowing costs from the dollar no longer being the reserve currency. So, yes, actually, that does matter. The right way to deal with it, though, isn't to try to swat that down, but to increase the value proposition of the dollar itself by pegging the dollar to hard commodities. Single mandate for the Federal Reserve should be dollar stability. Stabilize the dollar as a unit of measurement, period. That's going to be the single mandate of the Federal Reserve, at least de facto, the way it should operate. And I'm going to appoint a chairman of the Federal Reserve who shares that view. And it's the way I'm going to actually run the United States. And I do think that I reject this idea that there's a hundred different executive branches of government. There's one executive branch, read Article 2 of the Constitution. The idea that the Fed is somehow immune from that level of accountability is a vision that I reject. So that's a really strong answer, and that's a really real problem. That's a big-time problem. So Alexandria Pelosi, Nancy's daughter, J6 wasn't an insurrection. We need a war to break out Russia or Ukraine. So look, this was a hidden tape. J6 was staged, lawfare, World War III, Pelosi's daughter caught on hidden cam, exposing her mom's evil plans. Let's take a listen. So there's a group of libtards in a room. Well, you got the powder, too. You got like I got the powder. I had the like, 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 like an anthrax. I think we had to call out the, the cops. The, the <coughs> why do people... Why, it can be this is, so weird. This is Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Alexandria. People oh, yeah. are so weird. And it tested yeah. positive, the first test. So two, and they two said two. that somebody who knows what they're doing made sure that the, the first test... It'll yeah. test positive, like a, like a field test. It'll pass that until they do the actual chemical. Like, it was very premeditated. It, and it had, like, a letter, like, to, oh, proud boy. You're, I had to get watched down It, re- it referenced the, the be- oh, the, the your thing's beeping too loudly now. How do you like this? I yeah, opened the, the letter. Powder, I went to work. My secretary, off. I thought it was a, a bill or something. And when I opened my letter, I just went like that. White powder came out. I was thinking already, all right, anthrax or something like that. Who knows? Crazy people. And the FBI shows up, and, and they, were, they were more like, it's almost like they were more interested in just searching his office. And we were like, we didn't even trust them, because they were like using it like, oh, who is he? And then we had to get the postal inspector out there to try and like, it was like a jurisdictional thing. Yeah. It, was, it was a mess. So, mess. Yeah, my employees, I have about 20 employees. They're worried too. Look, you're such an upstanding member of society. Uh, Do they talk about that in the court? No, of course not. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, uh, like I said, no, I've never done nothing. At the trial, they will. At the trial, status hearings is very. Yeah, but they're gonna. Call, they're probably gonna call me a white supremacist. As a matter of fact, I, I want it in Spanish. That was my first language, so that would be fine. Interpreter. <laughs> I, I want to interpret for my next. Word. Okay, so I want you to know that I'm from New York City, and I am was always a long time ago friends with Gavin McGinnis, who supposedly the guy that started yeah, the Red Boys. Right. Yes. I'm and fine. he, when you say it was a drinking club, I'm just telling you guys, I don't know what the Proud Boys is, but I know Gavin McGinnis. I went on road trips with him to parties. Mm-hmm. It was so comical to me when I first started hearing about, like, Proud Boys are supremacists. This was, like, years ago when they started saying in Brooklyn, yeah, where he's from. I was like, what? This guy, I mean, 
he may say he may talk shit, but yeah. a lot of it is like he's a provocateur. He, he says is, it yeah. to like be yeah. funny or whatever. But the idea that he's now being elevated to being this, it makes me, it totally makes me laugh because I'm like. Okay, that's that clip was actually not exactly what I had in mind. I have another clip, but uh, she she go they're going in talking about the strategies of this J six perception. They were talking about how um, these people, like the shaman, just walked in. He didn't do anything. They were talking about and laughing that he got thirty two months or thirty six months in jail. They're pure evil. So there's a meme floating around that says MAGA, no longer a movement, it's a revolution. I talked about that yesterday. It is truly a revolution. So Donald Trump tweets this, or truths, the sudden death of Alexei Navalny has made me more and more aware of what is happening uh, in our country. It is a slow, steady progression with crooked, racial, radical left politicians, prosecutors, and judges leading us down a path to destruction, open borders, rigged elections, and grossly unfair courtroom decisions are destroying America. We are a nation in decline, a failing nation. We are a failing nation. So um, he wrote that Dinesh D'Souza says, Trump refuses to get suckered in to the cult of Navalny. He knows Biden is a far greater threat to our basic rights and liberties than Putin. Absolutely. And so does Tucker Carlson. Check check this out. So I'm over in Moscow. I'm waiting to do this interview. It gets out that we're doing it. And I'm immediately denounced by this guy called Boris Johnson, who was for a short time the prime minister of Great Britain. And Boris Johnson calls me a tool of the Kremlin or something. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of, I mean, his name's not actually Boris, as I'm sure you know. His name is Alex Johnson. He <laughs> right. called himself Boris in mm-hmm. high school. So the guy who calls himself Boris is accusing me of having... I put in a, a request for an interview with Boris Johnson, as I have many times, because he's constantly denouncing me as a tool of the Kremlin. He says no. So I'm thinking about saying I'm getting more annoyed. So I know a lot of people who know Boris Johnson. So I reach out to them. Finally, one of his advisors gets back to me and says, he will talk to you, but it's going to cost you a million dollars. He wants a million dollars in U.S. dollars, gold or Bitcoin. No, I'm, uh, this just happened yesterday or two days ago. And, and I'm like, he wants a million dollars. Yeah. And then he will talk to you about Ukraine. He will explain his position on Ukraine and explain what. So he attacks me without explaining how I'm wrong, of course, or how he's right. This is, by the way, the guy who single handedly at the request of the U.S. government stopped the peace deal in Ukraine a year and a half ago and is, I think, for that reason, responsible for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. He won't explain any of that to me in an interview until I pay him a million dollars. And I said to the guy, you know, I just interviewed Vladimir Putin. I'm not defending Putin, but Putin didn't ask for a million dollars. So you're telling me that Boris Johnson is a lot sleazier, (laughs) a lot lower than Vladimir Putin. Okay. Which is true. Yeah. So this whole thing is a freaking shakedown. Why $60 billion? I mean, I could get boring on this because I've learned a lot about it. But $60 billion is not going to allow Ukraine to prevail over Russia. No honest person thinks that's going to work. This is a money laundering operation. A lot of the people involved in making money from it. And if you're making money off a war, you know, you can deal with God on that because that's really immoral like that's actually really really wrong and so, a lot of people are including boris johnson 
Yeah, that that's some really great analysis there and great, great observations and points. Here's some really great analysis. Mike Benz makes damning case that the rig was in for the 2020 election seven months ahead of time. Let's take a listen. I love this guy, Mike Benz. He's so smart. In, in, in advance of the 2020 election, starting in April of 2020, although this goes back before, you had this essentially never Trump neocon Republican DHS working with essentially NATO on the national security side and the, and essentially the DNC, if you will, uh, to to use DHS as the launching point for a government coordinated mass censorship campaign spanning every single social media platform on Earth in order to pre-censor the ability to dispute the legitimacy of mail-in ballots. And here's how they did this. They aggregated four different institutions, uh, Stanford University, the University of Washington, a company called Graphica, and the Atlanta Council. Now, all four of these institutions, the centers within them, were, were, were essentially Pentagon cutouts. You had, uh, you had at the Stanford Internet Observatory, it was actually run by Michael McFall. If you know Michael McFall, he was the U.S. ambassador to Russia under the, uh, under the, um, Obama administration. And he personally authored a seven step playbook for how to successfully orchestrate a color revolution. That is, and, and part of that involved having, maintaining total control over media and social media juicing up the civil society outfits, uh, ca calling elections illegitimate in order to... Now, mind you, all of these people were professional Russiagators and professional election delegitimizers in 2016. And then, well, I'll get to that in a sec. So, so Stanford University, of the nominally the Stanford Air Observatory under Michael McFall was run by Alex Stamos, who, who, who was formerly a Facebook executive who coordinated with ODNI and the, uh, with respect to... Uh, Russiagate, you know, taking down Russian propaganda at Facebook. So this is a, another in, uh, liaison, essentially, to the national security state. And under Alex Stamos at Stanford Internet uh, Observatory was Renee DiResta, who started her career in the CIA and wrote the Senate Intelligence Committee report on Russian disinformation. And there's a lot more there that I'll leave. I'll get to another time. But the, uh, the, the next institution was was the University of Washington, which is essentially the Bill Gates University in Seattle, who is headed by Kate Starbird, who uh, is is basically three generations of military brass, who got her PhD in crisis informatics, essentially doing uh, you know social media surveillance for the Pentagon and getting you know DARPA funding and uh, and and working essentially with the national security state, then repurposed to take on mail-in ballots. The third firm, Graphica, got seven million dollars in Pentagon grants. Uh, uh, and, and got their start as part of the Pentagon's Minerva Initiative. The Minerva Initiative is the psychological warfare research center of the Pentagon. They, they, this group was, an, was doing social media spying and narrative mapping for the Pentagon until the 2016 election happened, and then were, were repurposed into a partnership with the Department of Homeland Security to censor, you know, 22 million Trump tweets uh, pro-Trump tweets about mail-in ballots. And then the fourth institution, as I mentioned, was the Atlantic Council, who's got seven CIA directors on the board. So one after another, it is exactly what Ben Rhodes described it during the Obama era as the blob, the foreign policy establishment. It's, either the, it's, the, it's the Defense Department, the State Department, or the CIA every single time. And of course, this was because they were, they were threatened by Trump's foreign policy. And so while, while much of the censorship looks like it's coming domestically, it's actually by our foreign-facing Department of Dirty Tricks 
color revolution blob who are professional government topplers who were then basically descended on the 2020 election. Now, they did this. They explicitly said, the head of this election integrity partnership, on tape, and, and, and my foundation clipped them, and it's been played before Congress, and it's in you know, a part of the Missouri v. Biden lawsuit now, but they explicitly said on tape that they were set up to do what the government was banned from doing itself. And then they articulated a multi-step framework in order to coerce all the tech companies to take censorship actions. They said on tape the tech companies would not have done but for their pressure, which involved using threats of government force because they were the deputized arm of the government. They had a formal partnership with the DHS. They were able to use DHS's proprietary domestic disinformation switchboard to immediately talk to top brass at all the tech companies for takedowns. And they bragged on tape about how they got the tech companies to all systematically adopt a new terms of service speech violation ban called delegitimization, which meant any tweet, any YouTube video, any Facebook post, any TikTok video, any Discord posts, any Twitch video, anything on the Internet that that uh, undermined public faith and confidence in the use of mail-in ballots or early voting drop boxes or 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 ballot tabulation issues on election day was a prima facie uh, terms of service violation policy under this new delegitimization policy that they only adopted because of pass-through government pressure from the Election Integrity Partnership, which they bragged about on tape, including the grid that they used to do this and, and simultaneously invoking threats of government breaking them up or, or government stopping doing favors for the tech companies unless they did this, as well as inducing crisis PR by working with their media allies. So, and they said the government, DHS, could not do that themselves. And so they set up this, this basically constellation of State Department, Pentagon, uh, and, and IC networks to run this pre-censorship campaign, which by their own math had 22 million tweets on Twitter alone. And mind you, they did on 15 platforms. So this is hundreds of millions of posts, which were all scanned and banned or throttled so that they could not be amplified or they exist in a sort of limited state purgatory or had these frictions affixed to them in the form of fact-checking labels where you couldn't actually click through to the thing or you had to, it was, it was an inconvenience to be able to share it. Now, they did this seven months before the election because at the time they, they were worried about the perceived legitimacy of a Biden victory in the case of a so-called red mirage blue shift event. They, they knew the only way that Biden would be able to, was, would win mathematically uh, was through the disproportionate Democrat use of mail-in ballots. And there it is. The mail-in ballots played that role. Um, we're out of time, but uh, there was only about 20 seconds left of that. But uh, that's what he was going to say. Uh, be sure to check out magapack.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation if you'd like to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free. Use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time they grab a shovel, on take the radio. Bye-bye, buddy. Just to bury my kids right up to there. 